you know, there's this type of aggression that they have um, that I, I'm, I'm truly, I'm proud of to be as a, as a fan. I don't think the game's over. Welcome to Triple Zero's The Anti-Hot Take Sports Show. I am your host, Josh Buckhalter. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Josh G. Buck. Hit up the Facebook page, Clocker Sports website, clockersports.com, and the email address is clockersports at gmail.com. And of course, you can follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at 30spod. That's the number 30spod. Uh, man, it's, it's time. It's, it's my favorite time. We're about to have an overlap of the sports that I cover, so that means that I like it. <laughs> and that's <laughs> the NFL season, NBA season overlapping, and the Chicago Bulls just held their media day. They opened up training camp on Tuesday and to break it all down I brought in a very special guest Ryan Taylor of NBC Sports Chicago please follow him on Twitter at R I, I R-Y-T. at R-Y-T-A <laughs> underscore that's at R-Y-T-A-Y underscore Ryan Taylor digital producer for NBC Sports Chicago thank you so much for joining the show man I appreciate Absolutely. it I appreciate it Josh I appreciate it and yeah everyone's stumbling over my Twitter handle I just got verified so it, it I it's I it, it was tough to pick one because um, when you get verified, it's I didn't know that um, your handle is is permanent. Yeah, man, that's what it is forever. So, um, but uh, I go so that's kind of a college nickname I acquired. Right, it's Rite, um from just short for Ryan Taylor. So the worst uh, yeah, part is this is it, it's yeah. funny. I think it's something with the NBC Sports Chicago guys. I had the same issue with uh, with Ken, and I had the same issue with oh, Alex. And, oh god, and, and, ever, uh, yeah, that's true. Because uh, yeah, Alex is NBC, and Ken, it, what's Ken? Ken is oh, that's, uh, Ken that, Davis, that's Ken right? Da- right but you're, you're looking yeah. for the tag for the for the station, and then with Alex, that MB, that uh, the the superior, I think I kept wanting to say NBC Five Alex, something like that. I kept throwing yeah, up, yeah. and then yours, I'm looking and I'm saying to myself Arte, and I'm like, wait, there's another Y right there. So that yeah, just yeah, me. Yeah, it's yeah, something with the NBC. You guys are trying to throw me off. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, we are, we're trying to throw. Hey, if you ever get Josh Schrock on here, his is Schrock and all. Yeah, yeah, I most see. ridiculous. <laughs> he can, you know, you can. You can keep this in, and he he can take this from me. That is his most ridiculous handle. I think <laughs> that that had to come out a while ago, and he's just like, you know what? No, we're gonna yeah. ride with that bad boy. Yeah, I, I think so too. But yeah, I appreciate it, man. Let's let's roll let's for sure. So. The Bulls, like I said, had their media day, and a lot of a lot came out of it. Let's first talk about the, I think, the biggest bombshell, and it wasn't even just that Lonzo Ball spoke; it was what his head coach Billy Donovan had to say, and that was that you know we kind of had to entertain the idea that Lonzo could miss the rest of the season. It hasn't even begun yet, right? He could miss the entire yeah, yeah. 2022-23 campaign. What were your thoughts when you heard that, Ryan? Yeah, I saw that. I saw Darnell Mayb- Mayberry, the Athletic, uh, tweet that quote, and yeah, definitely. It, it was kind of to me as if he, it was elephant in the room type thing where he didn't want to, he just kind of went out and was just honest with it. And from one side of it, I appreciate it because I understand Billy Donovan is the kind of coach that, you know, preps for worst case scenario. But to jump to that immediately, I feel like that's something you say after the surgery, maybe rehab isn't going as smoothly as you thought. He kind of just jumped the gun with that one. Um, I'm not upset by it because at the same time I'm realizing he's not leaning to have Lonzo back in the season for them to have a successful season. Um, but at the same time, it's nerve wracking because Lonzo Ball is a special player and I think he's imperative to the Bulls and on both sides of the ball 
um, obviously. And, and to hear him, you know, to hear even the sentence he could be out for the year is, is definitely not what you want to hear when you're not even a preseason game in or anything. But yeah, not, it, it's interesting. It's an interesting one that he, he kind of jumped the gun on it, but it, it, to me, it, he's just prepping for the worst, which is what good coaches should do. I think is, you know, prepare for what you have on the table now, which is not Lonzo Ball and possibly not Lonzo Ball for the entire season. So I'm I'm kind of sticking with that, but definitely giving us all a scare, Billy Donovan for sure. Yeah, I, I think we kind of, like you said, it was the elephant in the room when they've been all they've been vague all summer long. Um, yeah. Lonzo was asked about it at summer league, and he kind of just kind of tried it off. Uh, they've they've been hoping a lot, right? <laughs> there hasn't been yeah. many, very much yeah. concrete anything. It's been yeah. a lot of hope and wishing, and. Then to hear Donovan say that you kind of have to, you know, just think that maybe he won't be. That's that's kind of damning, especially when you think about, okay, we've been hearing the comparisons to Kendrick Nunn from the Los Angeles Lakers, and he missed the entire uh, year last year. And so the, the, you, you see the, the parallels there, but that didn't require surgery. And so I wonder, is there any additional concern? Because, like, Lonzo's still on, under contract for the next three years, right? There's 60 million, yes. something like that, let old to him. Right. He's young, so there's a hope they can bounce back. But this is the type of surgery that can uh, lead to or or maybe, I don't want to say result in, but there can be arthritis associated with this procedure down the road. Mm. And that's a concern with knees in this town, especially. Is yeah. there any concern, extra, uh, extra concern for you as we now go into the third surgery on this knee? The, well, the only concern for me, I'm just going to relate it back to the theme with Billy Donovan, is, which I don't think is true, but is, is does do they know more than we think that they do? I, I have to believe that they don't, but there has to be some type, type of circumstance to make Billy Donovan believe that there's a chance that he misses the season. Outside of what we know from what Lonzo said, which was horrifying to hear, to, honestly, to say the least, I, I, I tweeted earlier today that I, I didn't think it was that bad that he was struggling to walk upstairs and, you know, be hurting and be in pain most of the time he was playing basketball and whatnot. But um, concern-wise, you know, I'm not one to, to look too deep in the future. Um, for a good for, for a good example, a lot of Bears fans are, are freaking out about Justin Fields <laughs> um, and his, his, you know, long-term future with the Bears. That's not me. Uh, it's and, I, and I'll say the same for Lonzo. I think it's too early yet to – draw concern. Mm-hmm. We have to see how the season goes. We have to see how the surgery goes, first of all, and foremost. We have to see how his rehab goes and how he looks when he gets back. So there's a lot yet to tell. And you're right, he has three more years on his contract. But I would be remiss to say that with three years left and $60 million left that we owe him, there's a little concern that he might not fulfill that contract. When he's healthy, he maxes that contract. You know, he, he, he makes... Arturis Kuniosovas and that front office look unbelievable for that sign. <laughs> but when he's not healthy, it looks bad. So it's it's a to be seen for me. But yeah, there I guess in a sense there's a little bit of concern. We're gonna to touch touch on uh, how how service looks in the grand scheme in a second. But you talked yeah. about it, Lonzo. Hearing Lonzo talk today was was really heartbreaking. You could see it in his it face. Uh, yeah. You could hear it in his voice. The entire mood was just somber. He did it uh, remotely via Zoom. Um, again, most of the players all did it on uh, Monday. They all had their media day, and then right. Lonzo was in with the, with another group that wasn't even mostly. It wasn't a lot of streaming going on with it. So. Um, 
I don't want to say they tried to keep it under wraps, but it definitely wasn't the fanfare that came along with Media Day for everybody else. Um, and as you mentioned, Darnell Mayberry was tweeting out some of the quotes and uh, hashtag had tipped to him for this. He said, Lonzo said he still can't play basketball. I can't run or jump. Um, and then they asked him if he was feeling chronic pain or only during basketball activity. This, this to me was the most standout part because we had been hearing all along that it was whenever he tried to ramp up. And that was like, OK, right. well, I get that. You know, this is getting better, but it's only when he tries to in- increase the intensity. Well, according to Mayberry Sweet, uh, Ball said that it's every day, even going upstairs and stuff, it's still painful. Upstairs, he can't even get upstairs. Can't even get upstairs. That's that was so gut wrenching to hear. And like he tweeted, like man, it's worse than I think anybody could have imagined. In part because of how vague it was, but also because like just we haven't heard anything, right? Not even yeah. not even because they were they were saying they were hoping, just because he hadn't spoken on it and and. There's been so many pauses. It didn't seem uh, plausible that we could be dealing with this nine months later and realistically looking at a year before Lazo can yeah. even step on the floor again. Yeah, I um, it was heartbreaking. You're right. I was watching in the studio today and I was I was I was completely eyes wide, jaw down to the floor because, yeah, we were left in the dark a bit this summer with him. Um, we knew there was stuff going on. I had heard from our own uh, KC. Um, that it was a fluid situation. They weren't sure how it was going, but to me, it didn't sound that bad as not as bad as I can't run. I can't jump. I can't control myself. And I'll throw another one at you. The range of motion, 30 to 60 degrees is ridiculous. Before that he can't put any pressure on it. Blew my mind, blew my mind away. I had no idea it was that bad. Um, there's not much to say about it. I just um, I was I was dumbfounded. I I understood why in the time they tried to get him to rehab to try and get him back for the playoffs instead of surgery, but I'm curious what took so long in the summer as well. Um, that for me is another point, but yeah, I, it's a huge hit to me. It's it's a really big hit. Um, he brings so much to the table on both sides of the ball that we saw um, with empirical evidence last year with what the Bulls were without him, and that was a slower team, a team not able to defend as well, <clears throat> excuse me, um, a team that lost some three-point shooting touch um, and had to kind of rely on Zach Levine and others to facilitate for the gaps that, that Lonzo left. So, yeah, it hurts. It hurts a lot. And honestly, I think I'm just going to leave it at that and pass it back over to you because – there's not much left to say outside of that. Yeah, anybody that was that was maybe doubting the severity of the injury or did just wants to get some more insight, watch that press conference, watch that stream rather, and see Lonzo's yeah. emotions talking about. You can see it, like it's it's clearly visible that it's it's a deeply disturbing thing. Um, Zach Levine tried to give him some encouragement, told him that they need him um in his, during his media availability. And what from what they are saying, they tried to wait till this you know this is the last resort. They wanted to let him heal, and even the doctors are are kind of baffled by this, which yeah. is that to, again was another shocking like dang the that doctors was don't another even know? one too that yeah. kind of stumped me. Whoa, the doctors are confused right confused (laughs) that one one hurt just to say the least too so um yeah let's switch the focus though because i don't want to keep it all down because that was a very dour (laughs) let's talk about some hopeful things and that is who can how they can get uh, around this now last year i think the worst the most damning thing was that they were just woefully unprepared for the loss of someone like lonzo which you could say he's not a star but he's your starting point guard right Right. (laughs) he's arguably your best perimeter defender and he's arguably if not the best one of your best three-point shooters so that's that's a pretty if he's not a star he's got 
like right underneath it, right? All the checks, all those right. boxes. But you have a young star, young budding star, they hope, in Patrick Williams, who, while not the playmaker Lonzo is, is supposed to be a great defender. He can shoot the three, right? Even though that release is a little bit slow. Like, yeah. <laughs> he talked today, he talked today about the offense being more positionless, I think, to adapt to not having Lonzo there, which I think suits him. What do you th- uh, have in mind for Pat this season in terms of a, of a of yeah. progression? Yeah, I mean, well, I, I've been, I've had this thought for a while about Patrick Williams and I want to get it off my chest before I dive into what I hope for Pat. But, you know, you hear the offseason talk, right? Um, He's working out with DeMar in L.A. at 4 or 5 in the morning. He's getting bigger. I've seen a countless amount of social media media videos of him working out with guys. Zach said he worked out with his trainer. But I'm not hearing it until I see it. I have to see it to believe it with Pat. No one doubts his physical talent. We know he's a strong guy. He came in here in the NBA as a 19-year-old rookie and was defending LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, we know he's a strong guy. We know he's got a nice shot. Yes, it's it's slow, that, but that can be worked. That can be worked. We know he can defend. We know everything that he can do, but it's just that that hesitant, you know, mentality that he has that he needs to overcome. There, there. I'm not at all doubtful of what he can do on the floor. I'm more doubtful of how, how he'll actually he, do it <laughs> if he'll actually execute it in his mind. Um, so that's my take with Pat is, yeah, I'm I'm not going to get excited about his offseason work because I don't doubt that he's putting it in, and I don't doubt that he has the capability to be a star. Saying that, um, yes, we need to see more from him. <laughs> um, we need to see a lot more on offense because, we're lo- A, we're losing Lonzo Ball for the start of the season at least, and, B, because he can bring a lot in that on that side of the floor. We know what he can bring on the defensive side, and, you know, that's not – that's an easier mental obstacle to overcome, I guess. When you, when the ball's in your hands, there's a lot of different things when you can do. When you're playing on and off-ball defense, there's only a few things running through your mind. Uh, I think it's a lot easier to overcome mentally than it is physically or than it is on the offensive side. Um, but on offense, I definitely need to see a lot more aggression from him. And that, it's just as simple as that. It's, it's just him getting the ball in his hands and understanding that he can do things that maybe the other guys on the floor can't, or maybe he's off ball and he sees a better angle towards the basket than others. It's just him taking uh, a larger step on offense that we need to see. And I don't want to put a point total number to him. I don't want to put an assist number to him. Uh, I want to put an efficient number to him. I want him to be shooting well. I think, I think he has a capability to be, to, to come on that fringe of a 40% three point shooter. I think he has the capability to take, Eight to ten shots a game. I, I really do. I think he. I think well, I just need to see the aggression from him, um, and that's pretty much it. I'll leave it at that. I think I just want to see him have a more active role in the offense. I think my stance switched to that as I was writing about him this summer, and it, it was I, it was after he came back from working with Demar, and he was talking about yeah, I just got to go find a consistency, and I was you know transcribing the quote. And in trying to find it again, it popped up with something from like his his first offseason. I was like, damn, we're still saying the same thing. So let me yeah, maybe we yeah. should start putting it into action. And so I'm I'm with you on that. Um, but I do think that the change in tone from Donovan today was something that was notable because he said it like flat out, like there was no more, you know, hey, we believe in Pat. He just got to go do. It was no, we need him to take that next step. And I, I yeah. think that that was a, a significant shift. Right. You kind of saw that. 
Yeah, you're right. You're totally right about that. There was that type of tone last year. It was like, oh, we, it was more encouraging. Oh, we need to see you. You know, we're excited for him. This is his second year. And now it's like, all right, dude, you're, <laughs> you're on the back half of your rookie deal, and we don't know if we want to sign you yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that last year you had an ankle injury in training camp and wrist surgery that kept you out a ton, but we don't know what you're capable of. You are a number four pick. You're number four pick. You're a top pick in this draft. And you didn't have, you know, we kind of took a risk on you. You were a sixth man on Florida State's bench coming out. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. And there were a lot of guys they passed on with him. So, you know, I don't, I don't, um, I'm not unhappy that they're taking a tough love route with him. I kind of hope that's the route they take with him is, you know, give him some tough love of, you know, look, we need, we are, we're expecting more out of you this year. And we know that's a tough task to ask you. The dude's what, 20, 21 years old. Right. Just um, turned that's, 21 that's, this summer. Yeah. Ter- yeah. <laughs> I remember there was a joke about everyone saying, oh, we, now he's 21 or because <laughs> he, he was a 20 year old, um, starter for whatever. <laughs> and, um, but now, yeah, so he's 21. Still a lot to ask of a guy, but, but we just, the only reason they're asking that is because they know it's not out of his wheelhouse. They know it's within his arsenal to be able to have a bigger hand. And, you know, I think having Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Nikola Vucevic ahead of you helps that. They're just, you just kind of have to clean up the streets, you know, when, when all said and done. So I think it's doable for him. I hope, I hope to see that of him. And it'll be, I think it'll be transparent quickly whether or not his, his mental has shifted because really that's all it is. And if we're seeing that type of mental he has in the G League where he's kind of tearing dudes up because he knows he can, that's when I'll get excited about him. But right now, I'm neutral. I'm neutral with him. But I hope that I, I I hope that you know he'll step it up this year. I am it locks up with you on it'll be clear right away because of this is being his first like healthy offseason. They've pushed that the entire year. So I think you're gonna see them try to get him going early. I think for me the most disappointing part about Pat has been A, seeing guys Scotty Barnes is obviously the number one example. Come in yeah, and, and right. kind of take over right away. The pick yeah. that the Bulls traded away and and uh, to get Nikola Vucevic is Franz Wagner. He's doing things aggressive wise, and it's it's yeah. like like you said, Pat keeps teasing us, and all you have to do is fill in these gaps, and it hasn't happened. I'm hoping that last year's injury is just the aberration that's that's kind of ruining our overall view of him, and that he can prove everybody wrong. Um, right. But let's talk about. The, the the risk that they've taken, the risk overall with this roster that Karnasovas yeah. has taken. Um, like I said, traded those picks for Vucevic, traded for uh, for Demar Derozan, traded for Lonzo Ball. Where are you at right now with Karnasovas in this rebuild? Um, great question. And I've always appreciated. Um, I'm a big fan of aggressive managers. I'm a big fan of taking shots. Um, I was very excited when Kobe Altman of the Cleveland Cavaliers traded for Donovan Mitchell because that trade certainly could be pegged as an overpay for Donovan, right? Um, they gave up, what, how many first-round picks and, you know... Three or four? Three or four, a lot, say, a lot. Yeah, they gave a lot, and then they gave a some lot, A lot of picks. And, um, well, let me say this. I, I appreciate aggressive managers with that take calculated risks. Mm-hmm. I, I think that because... You can make the argument that looking at the Nets and they went after James Harden and traded legit eight first round picks for him. Four swaps technically. Right. So technically four, but four swaps. That's absurd. That's that is absurd. That's everything you can um, get. That's all you can give yes. legally. <laughs> yeah, right. So that that to me was a little I have <laughs> on one hand I appreciate the Gresham trying to get James Harden paired up with those two, but at the same time, know your know your boundaries. <laughs> but 
when I back to the Kobe Altman example, that to me, you know, is a little bit of an overpay, but I mean, you got to strike when need be. And that's kind of what I thought, you know, Arturis Konisovas did immediately. And that is something, you know, I, I don't think we saw a lot of aggression out of Garpax through that whole long thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> And, and battle, I, I battle wounds, it, man. Uh, right? PTSD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I shouldn't have, thou who shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, I appreciate Karnasovas for at least going out and just saying, hey, we're Chicago, man. We are a top market. We're a big name. We have history. Let's bring guys in. Let's, let's go after it. And, you know, there, it's tough. It's a subjective game, right? There's going to be no objective right answer to how you fulfill a roster, but they are going at it. How they, how it fell together for them. And like with the Cavs, with Donovan, Donovan's available. All right, let's go get him. Oh, DeMar DeRozan's available. Let's go get him. Oh, Lonzo Ball. He does, Pelicans don't want him back. Let's go grab him. You know, there's this type of aggression that they have, um, that I, I'm, I'm truly, I'm proud of to be as a, as a fan. And I kind of see, I, I take the same thing with Rick Hahn with the Sox because there's a lot of trades that are, oh, this, you know, this was a total bust for Hahn. Kind of like that, um, I don't know if you're, if you're a Sox fan or not, but I'm a um, Cubs fan, but I follow. Okay, so you <laughs> I hate know, follow. you know the trade with uh, giving up Nick Madrigal and Cody yeah. Hoyer, Hoyer for for Craig Kimbrell, total mm-hmm. bust, right? But yeah, you know, you look at that in in its in its pretext, and you say, oh my god, we get we already have AL Central or AL reliever of the year with Liam Hendricks. Now we can get Craig Kimbrell, he's eight time eight time All Star. How could I say no to that? Uh-huh. That's kind of the mentality that I appreciate out of general managers, and one that I see in AK. Obviously, as they turn this roster around immediately within their tenure. Um, and also, shout out to Mark Eversley. I know he's doing tremendous work, maybe in the background, in the shadow of AK, but um, definitely tremendous and impactful. So that's the way I look at it. Um, you know, trade bust or not, I, I ascertain the fact that they're making moves, and I appreciate that heavily, um, especially with how today's NBA goes with, you know, a bunch of trades plus how stacked up the Eastern Conference is now. That's that to me is tremendous. So I I commend their work, you know, as high as it can be because they're 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 attempting, you know, they're they're being aggressive. They they're they're taking calculated risks. So I appreciate that. That being the case, they they went Apple this year and said we're going to stick with what we've done and and yeah. try to let it ride out. Where are you with right. that process? Well, I mean, you look at it in this in its context, and you know, that was the one thing I wanted to say too about um, with Lonzo and everything. And how they acted after. There was a lot of injuries still after. That wasn't just Lonzo. There was Caruso. There was Levine playing through like three injuries. You know, there was, I think Vooch even had something going on for a bit. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But either way, it felt like at one point that most of the team was injured. Um, and you're right. You know, you like what you saw at the beginning of the season, right? When you had healthy Lonzo and you had everyone going crazy. And, you know, we're, we're number one seed in the East in January, February. But then you don't get to see that in the in the last half and you know it's kind of like pausing a movie halfway through that you're just sucked into and but you want to watch the rest of that movie right so but you also have the time to do it um no one is you know there's only a couple guys correct me if i'm wrong with expiring contracts there's booch he has one more year on his Vooch and kobe are the the, the clean breaks um you got kobe some lower level guys and and technically io too because right. of that Second round, too. They're not letting him go anywhere. (laughs) He's not not going anywhere. But, but, you know, so there's, you know, there's no real need to hit the panic button yet. Um, So I, you know, that's, I thought that was a smart move as well because you just want to see what this group can do. I mean, 
sixth seed with a bunch of injuries and, you know, one year all together and that's it. I mean, this roster was overhauled in a second. Mm-hmm. And you know how, how long it takes to get chemistry on the court. So um, I, I thought it was a tremendous move, and they developed the margins greatly with Andre Drummond and Goran Dragic. I thought those were phenomenal moves as well. Uh, I just love what they're doing. It's a, it's, a, it's a breath of fresh air with them. Yeah, I'm always skeptical of of – Doing something because it sounds like it's a, a good way to go about it. like yeah, the continuity sure. thing was kind of you know he attached that buzzword I was like uh oh here we go with buzzwords man yeah but I can't word. deny that in basketball especially chemistry is a very very big factor so right. I, I, I whatever you know he's getting paid the big bucks I'll step back on this one and yeah. <laughs> follow along but. <laughs> Talking about Drummond and talking about Dragic, I do like the additions. Drummond today said some interesting stuff. He was asked about it, so it's not like he brought it up out of nowhere. But he he said that he still feels like he's a starter and is willing to step up and start. Do you foresee any scenarios? I saw Sam Smith wrote about this uh, a couple days ago. Mm. He was suggesting that they they outright bench Vooch and put Drummond as a starter. But do you Whoa. see any scenario where like because Vooch entertained it too of uh, uh, where they're no. playing both of those guys <laughs> together? Because we. <laughs> I, they, I don't want to see the the Vooch Tristan Thompson effect, so I'm I'm very leery of it. But are you at all yeah. trying to see a Vooch and Drummond pairing in the front court? Well, no, <laughs> <laughs> quite frank. And um, well, I'll say this: I can't see Billy doing it at all. You watched last year how Tristan Thompson and Vooch worked on the court together, and it looked cool for a good five minutes Man. <laughs> before it was like, all right, this is no longer entertaining and no longer efficient. Look, I think um, Nikola Vucevic can do what Andre Drummond can do better. It's just, it, it's just Drummond doesn't bring anything to that, that first line that, that Vucevic can't. If, if it were a, a matter of, oh, he's an unreal rim protector. If it's like a Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony town situation, where, you know, Rudy's an unbelievable defensive center and Cat is unbelievable on the offensive end. And you kind of have to pair them together to make it, you know, this kind of perfect front court. Um, I, I'm, I'm really out there with that take. That, and they <laughs> but um, there's just nothing proprietary, I think, that Drummond brings to that first line that Vooch doesn't. And like I said, if, if he brought, if he filled the gaps where Vooch, you know, can't really handle that rim protection. Um, more of that defensive side. We know what Vooch can do on offense. Um, so I, 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 then I would say maybe there would be something there, but no, I don't think so. I mean, Drummond's known for his rebounding, which Vooch was, what, top something in the league last year, averaging 11, 12 a game. So no, I think I, I say he's a great marginal addition because he brings something that the bench can't bring, which is that that defensive, that rebounding, that that you know, that interior presence. So he's not going to get picked up and carried in. off like Tony Bradley did last yeah. year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want to see him again. No, we're done with him. And I, I wish, and I, I hate watching small ball with us as, as much as we have just a great backcourt and, you know, and great wings and what it's, I, I'm every time we play, I mean, the East is just so big. The East is huge. Yeah. Bulls are yeah, locked I mean, into playing one style of ball. I'm telling you. And, yeah, it's just it, we're we're in a, we're in a niche uh, with our play style, and, and it works sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't. And the East haunts me with how big they are, especially last year. Even even when the Cavs were kind of, eh, they still had Mobley, <laughs> Jared Allen, and watching Lowry Markin, the seven foot Lowry Markin play the three was terrifying to me. I, I couldn't stand to watch those games. So I mean. Um, I even was saying for I was hoping that Cleveland wasn't going to match up in our playoff ranking. Like, they might just go up. They might just 
if we were a three and they were a six, I had a I yeah, was like, that they could bring us that a seven. And <laughs> that might have been bad. So yeah, no, I mean, um, Drummond, great signing, good for the bench, helps a lot interior wise. Please don't play him with Gooch. <laughs> I don't foresee it either. I don't see Billy doing that after how I appreciate they experimented with that last year, but after how it went, I don't see it happening. And to your point, after initially like entertaining the notion, he quickly said, it's not something I'm going to be looking to do. (laughs) (laughs) Would you rather have drum out there or you can, you can bring, there's just so many other guys that you can pair out there. I mean, with how backcourt heavy we are, you could technically play small ball wise, where you're playing Zach at three, you're playing DeMar at four, Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, giving them that punch one, two, and then you're maybe playing Ion Caruso, you know, one, two. There's just a lot of different options that we can do with the backcourt. Um, and bring a little bit of that into the front court that I think are more valuable than just bringing Drummond on and just trying to create two twin towers that don't not, deserve to don't belong together. So yeah, that's not that wouldn't be pretty at all, man. Two lumbering I, I, guys. I, yeah, too. I agree. So yeah, don't foresee it. Now <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking about because he was he was all for like yeah, man. You know if we got to do it. I mean I'm I'm like no 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 no, no nobody nobody. Um, and but I, I like Tristan Thompson too. I'll say this. Uh, I I really appreciated the amount of stuff I heard of him in the locker room. He tried the to kick a fire to walk into yeah. a locker room <laughs> for your. You he know, called everybody there. out you're, the first you're the, day. You're the low man in the totem pole. You're the newest guy there, and you are just like beaming dudes. <laughs> Yelling at him, riling him up, and it's like, yo, who are you? <laughs> and I, when he got signed, I was like, that's exactly what they need. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they needed I mean, something else. Maybe they needed that too, but they needed something else. They did, yeah. Maybe they, maybe they needed something else, but I can't say that I didn't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. That you know, Because we love that energy. Mm-hmm. We love that energy, and there's not a lot. You know, We have a lot of silent killers on this team, like DeMar and Zach. They like to do their talk on the court. But you got to have someone to rile you up. Right. And I appreciated it for its time when it was there, but uh, <laughs> at the same time, it's time to play basketball. It's <laughs> <laughs> time to play. Let's shift the attention to the backcourt and to that that void that is left by Lonzo. If you, because we know Billy was very noncommittal about it, he he kind of hinted it yeah, wouldn't yeah. be Drogic, but he really kind of said that it was. Sounds to me like it's going to be matchup based. Who's going to start there? Who would you yeah. like to see starting there? That's a great question, and I, I mean, I'm just yeah, I'm just a big fan of Io. I'm a huge fan of Io Sumo. And reason being is because I think Io, I'm not, <laughs> I feel like just trying to money ball, trying to replace Lonzo Ball. <laughs> but I feel like um, he just brings that that X factor. He brings that excitement. And I, I'm not trying to say excitement is exciting to watch. That type of hustle and grit that in sort of intangibles that Lonzo brought, where it doesn't really show up on the stat sheet, but you see how much it affects the game. His defense was great last season. I thought I thought he was a really good defender for a rookie and for being pretty undersized too. And now he's bulked up. Um, you know, he's learning. He's learning to play offense a bit better. They try to make him the catch and shoot guy. They're you know they're adding elements to his game. I mean, last year it was just phenomenal to watch him. And I think after this off season and how much, at least I've been hearing, at least you know he's been saying how much he's improving his game. I'm I, I'm more excited about him. Um, I don't I, I think that Billy might go with Goron if I'm giving a prediction now, just because coaches appreciate veterans mm-hmm. and, and, and Goron's a tough guy and he, he brings that three point shooting that we don't really have. He brings a lot to the table that we don't have as a point guard, so um it'll be tough, but I do want to see Io. I, I, I'm a huge fan of his game, just with that energy that he brings. He's got a certain grit to him and hustle that is just so memorable and 
I just think it, it, it I just think it fits well with with the rest of the bunch and what they can do because he kind of does the little stuff that you know not not everyone wants to do that that, that diving for balls, um, you know, getting dirty. So yeah, I want to I want to see him start. It's notable that uh, during his availability, Drogic's noted that. You know, he's good in the pick and roll. And we know how the Bulls like to use the pick and yeah. roll. And I, I was just thinking when he said it, I, I warmed up a little bit to the idea of pick and pops with him and Vooch with Zach and DeMar on the wings. I was like, pick okay, and that pops, could be. But I think even his passing off of, yeah, that, off exactly. of screens is phenomenal. And something, you know, you line up Zach, I can just, you can just see it kind of just a crisscross <laughs> switch and he's dishing with his left hand over to Zach on the wing. And that just sounds amazing. Too. Right. <laughs> I think, I think there'll be, I think there'll be split. If anything, I think the, the, the hotter question is how much time Kobe will get. Mm. I think he's already looking at his way out. Oh, what do you think? The, and and that was going to be my next question there. There we go. I'm reading really, your mind. It, they need the shooting, but could you yeah. see a, an instance where they say, okay, we're getting enough shooting from the guys that we have that we can move Kobe for some some front court, versat- front court versatility? Are you not surprised that they didn't dish him? And that they remember there was those rumors with him in the 18th pick mm-hmm. who we took for Dalen. Also, Dalen, mm-hmm. who knows where he's going to that, That's an X factor if there I've ever heard, was one. I, I, it is, but I've heard I've heard KC actually say that he he might probably play a considerable amount of time in the G League, which is crazy to me. I heard that and I was like, whoa, wow. wait a minute, really? Thought he was going to be ready to get some some tick with the big. I did squad. too, but I mean, you think about it, and there's just so many guys that you know. I I he's I also raw. Expect, he's raw. He's raw. We saw it. You yeah. saw it, right? In, yeah. in, in in summer league, he's raw. He's a lot to work on offense, even defense wise. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have all the awareness yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I so saying that I think a guy like Javante Green might get tick over him. You know, he's. He already kind of has a better IQ than him. Maybe not the athleticism or the length that he has, but he certainly has the hustle too. Right. Um, but anyways, getting back to Kobe, um, I'm a little – I mean, they kind of stuck his neck out for him. Or maybe that or that they just didn't see a good enough offer um, for him in the 18th pick. Um, but gosh, I mean, with how loaded this backcourt is, you know, we're not even talking about Lonzo and this right. backcourt is loaded. Um, I don't see a lot of promise for him this year. I though I don't think he'll I don't think he'll be around long. Um that's an early, early early take of mine without seeing what this this year presents for him. But I mean even in peril last year without Caruso, without Lonzo, uh for most of the year, the, I, I wasn't in, in extremely impressed with what he was what he was showing. I mean we know what he can do, but he's very one dimensional, mm-hmm. right? He's he's a scorer. He needs the ball. A he needs the ball in his hands on offense, and B that's kind of it, right? Like he he's not a great defender, which whichever way you put him, and you know if he they tried him at two without the ball, he's just not that effective. So I appreciate the fact that he can put up you know twelve points a game with the ball in his hands. That's pretty that's awesome. But I need I need to see more out of his game. Um, and I mean if he stays the same and remains the type that he is, I don't think he'll be around long, and I don't think he'll get much tick, especially with Goran and. Um, Io. Yeah, him being one dimensional is a problem, but I think the bigger issue to me, for me rather, is kind of like with Vooch, and Vooch acknowledges in his in his conference uh, that when the shot wasn't falling, things kind of snowballed from there. And I'm fine with right, you not having right. the night shooting, but stop turning the ball over. Don't don't check out yeah. completely on defense because he's when Kobe locks in, he can defend, but he had too many moments where he just would not be there because he wasn't doing anything on yeah. offense, and so. Um, I'm with you that I th- it's going to be hard for him to get minutes if he's not showing something early on or they don't need it right away. 
And I could yeah. totally see them trying to find some work. So the only way I could see him getting a lot of take right off the bat without, you know, just by default is if Billy follows through on his pledge to play Alex at the, true. at the four. Like, and that's the only that's way. That's true. See, that's the other thing about it too is where, where is Caruso going to play? I mean, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, You're just going to put him on the floor. Remember, just get him on the floor. <laughs> exactly. I remember games last year where it was like Lonzo's guarding the four and Caruso's guarding the five. And I was like, what is going on? But I can see the same this year because of how excellent he is at defending every position. So, and on it, with how low to the backcourt is, it's kind of a no brainer to, you know, to throw him down low. So, um, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, with Kobe, um, to be seen with him, big storyline this year, you know, how, how he, how he plays. So mm-hmm. I'll be excited to watch that. All right, Ryan, get you out here with one, with putting you on the spot. What is your Put prediction? Spot. What is your prediction for this team this year? Oh, <laughs> uh, you put me on the spot. I didn't think you're going to put me on the spot with a tough one. Uh, and I don't want to copy. I want to yeah. be original. Yeah. That's why I like to have people who do, who, who are in the content creation business. Cause they, they don't, they never want to give the same answer. So it's always like, Oh, okay. I hold know, on. Because I, and I, and I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of my own stuff. I love what NBC <laughs> does. I love a KC talked about it on, on our bulls talk podcast. He can see his team going, you know, from fifth to tenth, and I totally agree. And I heard Jason Goff say, um, "What do you say? The Sixers, the Bucks, the Nets, the Cavs, <laughs> and the Heat are all above the Bulls." And I totally agree. Um, God, yeah. Let's go. Um, do I have to? I mean, if I have to pinpoint a place in the East, I feel like fifth is in their arsenal. Um, sixth last year, mm-hmm. fifth this year with you know with. Everyone healthy, and this is without Lonzo. You know, we know that he's not going to be around, honestly, probably until December, January, somewhere around there. I hope. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> we hope. We don't know. <laughs> but, um, you know, this team is, you know, with everyone improving, everyone getting stronger, and I say that as if the rest of the conference isn't doing the same. <laughs> but um, um, second year, you know, and this is the thing, too. A lot of teams are improving, right? Like the Cavs. Um, who else? I mean, the Nets keeping their guys, right? But at the same time, it's almost, you know, we saw how the Bulls, the Bulls did the same thing last year, but yeah, it took a minute for them to get that chemistry. It took a minute for them to get healthy. We have to see how it plays out with the rest of the guys because they might be in the same situation like that. You know, you could totally foresee the Cavs being in, in, you know, getting off to a slow start, having some, you know, weird things in and out with their, with their wins and loss, whatever. Um, I, I like fifth. I, I for some reason I, I I feel like the Nets are gonna burn and crash again. <laughs> so I want to put the Bulls above them. Um, yeah, I want to put them at fifth. Record wise, I'd love to see 50 wins. That seems I fair. Think, I think this East is just gonna be a. I I could see like the top seed getting 60 wins or something. You know, this is gonna be a an unbelievably entertaining conference to watch because there are. So many teams that are so good. Yeah. I mean, who were the playing teams last year too that we're looking? At? I was reading something today about like the Hawks, the Hawks, the Hornets, Murray. the Cavs, and the Nets were the four that were. If the Hornets decide not to be children anymore, <laughs> well, they yeah, they, they, took, I, they took two steps forward, took three steps back this offseason. Like what? Right. What happened? I mean, because they are such a fun team to watch, 
Um, and side note, the the firing of James Brago is still confusing to me. Man, so I, I'm I'm glad you brought that up real quick because I was giving Mike mad props last year. Like, oh, Mike got a good coach finally. Because right? for the longest time, I was like, man, he has been a horrible owner. Like, he just couldn't get he's right. Been a horrible owner. He's got bad coaches, and he finally gave up the reins of the uh, of drafting because he doesn't oh. know how to draft dudes. Oh, and then and they, they get instantly better. <laughs> and. Now everyone is a child and wants to get arrested, and I'm not trying to put them in that category. I don't want to. Throw well, them I mean, they're all. They had like. Oh my god! I I heard a funny or I saw a funny Twitter meme that was saying something like, "Basketball is their is the Hornets' second job. Yeah, they don't. It's like a part time gig for them. The Mellows are just out here being a superstar. Had two guys catch felonies, fired their coach, yeah. who actually let it turn around. Like it just was all. What's awful. going on? <laughs> you so, got Book Knight trying to fight staffers and stuff during the season. <laughs> and it's it is just I. And then I mean, Borrego brings them, <laughs> adds ten wins to them per year, <laughs> and he gets canned. Nope, not good enough. The and de- then they bring the defense back is not good Steve enough. Steve Clifford. How often has it worked for a coach to come back on a second stint after he's been canned? What are they doing? I mean, let's. I'd love to do another podcast about how unbelievably dumb the Hornets have been. Oh no, you locked in now. You said it. It's on. It's right. on wax. I mean, you said it. Is, I mean, it is blasphemy. And it, but to that, I hope gives bring it all back to the Bulls. I hope that gives the Bulls an advantage. <laughs> at least that they're starting off with their team on the floor, and their coach is good, and their management is good, and you know that that's all good. So. Yeah, funny how the East is going to be, but um, on the flip side, there is going to be a lot of competition. So I, I'll, I will cautiously say fifth, <laughs> <laughs> and I hope for fifty wins because what last year is forty six and thirty six. Mm-hmm. Fifty sounds right. I want to say there's improvement, but I don't want to say there's a huge jump because we're missing Lonzo, and because the East is wildly competitive. So I'll stand with that calculated guess. Listen, four wins and a, and one spot up would be massive improvement right? with how revamped would, the East has been. I think that's what they're looking at, right, too, because what did uh, what did AK say um, with – oh, he said – he just said I think he wants to see improvement from last year, which technically is a second round. Yeah, he's, he's not taking for, another first-round L. <laughs> right. First-round L is an understatement to what last year was. We lost I'm by 20 honest. points on average. I was hoping that it was far enough in the past that we could just call it that. <laughs> yeah, I, it's still burnt. I, watching those games was wow. Remember how <laughs> how hyped up everybody was after game two and Caruso came in the locker room like, look, y'all, they're about to come back. At us. Caruso was, was Nostradamus. Man. He said, look, that was cool, <laughs> but they're about to do something that y'all aren't ready man. for. And then they came out and put the shellacking it, on it, them. It was just so typical Chicago sport. I mean, <laughs> we looked at, what, the White Sox last year after, oh, who they play in the first round? Was it the A's or is that two years ago? That was a couple Whoever they years played, ago, they're getting smoked. They're they're down 2-0, facing elimination, and they won one. And I remember Liam Hendricks putting up, oh, socks and five. <sighs> and then they got canned the next game. And it was like, yeah, exactly what was going to happen. So I hope that's not the case, and I hope that the Bulls don't do that type of talk. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, second-round playoffs would be phenomenal in my head. But um, that also leaves us with a lot of questions. There's going to be a lot of questions by the end of the season, regardless, I think. Resigning Booch, resigning Kobe, resigning Io. What do we do in the draft? Where's Dalen at? Where's Lonzo at? So this is going to be an entertaining season. I'm excited. I'm very excited to watch, especially after. And I'll close on this with with the absolute atrocity that the White Sox are. I know that actually. I I'm, I'm I'm a White Sox fan. The Cubs look good. I like how they. Future's look. bright. We'll keep the fingers crossed on that. 
future's bright and and the bears are shocking but i don't see that i don't see that lasting long so it is bulls time it is basketball time and i appreciate talking to you about this josh thank you if you've been paying attention, folks, Ryan Taylor has just laid out the outline for our next t- conversation that will happen sometime during this NBA season. He and is tune into our podcast about the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> that's, <Missouri>. right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Little offshoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Follow him. On, he is Ryan Taylor of NBC Sports Chicago. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan underscore. That's at R Y T A Y underscore. I got it right this time. <laughs> you got, you sure. got me. I appreciate it. Thank you. No, dude, thank you so much for your time. You were a wonderful Absolutely. guest. I knew you would be. And also, folks, a little bit of the uh, behind the curtains action here. We had to reschedule this a couple times because I realized late that media day was happening when it was. So we got this going, and Ryan has been so amenable. And I appreciate all of that. And, and course, everybody's been gracious. You guys got a good team over there, NBC Sports Chicago. Tell them you I said that. You got a great team. I'm proud. I'm proud of us. So I and. Keep bringing us on, please. This is awesome. For sure. Hey, you guys keep saying yes. So <laughs> that's, <Welcome. laughs> that's going to do it for this episode of Triple Zeros. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Joshy Buck. Hit up the Facebook page, Clocker Sports. Website, ClockerSports.com. Email address, ClockerSports at gmail.com. And, of course, you can follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at 3 Zeros Pod. That's the number 3 Zeros Pod. And be sure to read this stuff. Uh, last word on pro football, heavy on bulls, and, of course, soaring down south. And you can re- read everything at ClockerSports.com. And until the very next time. We're not even talking about Lonzo, and this backcourt is loaded.